Podcast, episode number 15. Man, today's pretty cool. Today's a good day, and I've done good in it. That is the most important part. Uh, today, we're on episode number 15. And first and foremost, as usual, I'd like to thank the Great Spirit for allowing me another day on this planet and to be here with you guys. So, uh, let's start with the flute of the day. Flute of the day, always from the gut. So, um, let's talk a little bit about the sponsorships. Uh, Florida, I mean, uh, Mojo Homestead, Florida, FL, MojoHomesteadFL.com. That is our main sponsor. That is our, um, our main business that we have that is absolutely allowing us to do everything we do so they are definitely definitely foremost up front in the sponsorship category go check out the website mojohomesteadfl.com next is the road into usb mini mic on loan i am running out of days on this so i'm probably gonna have to send it back um or purchase it or whatever, but it's feeding the audio to the video that you're watching, if you're watching the video. And the next one would be the AKG C214 condenser microphone that I absolutely love for voicings. It is feeding the audio to the podcast. Um, next would be the AKG K52, K77, and K92 headphones. Uh, I think I'm wearing the K92s, I believe. These are uh, gifts from AKG and the C214 microphones on loan to Zoe Moon Studios, which we are sitting in. And then the podcast is being recorded onto a Zoom PodTrack P4 recorder, which I purchased. But we are discussing possibilities of the, P, uh, the PodTrack 8 that Zoom offers. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. How am I today? Man, I'm doing really good. It's been a hot day. It's 95 degrees and sunny in Florida, and there's no relief from any kind of rain or clouds, or it's just brutal. Sweat so bad down here. You know, I was in uh, South Dakota for the Sundance last month, and the first day of Sundance was 113 degrees. And you know what? I was... Um, I was um, a firekeeper running rocks for the sweat lodges, you know, just keeping the fires going. And, um, you know, standing out there in 113 degrees in the sun. And, man, it just was not as painful as standing here without a fire in Florida at 95 because of the humidity. It just sucks the life right out of you. But anyway, I'm doing really good today. Um, I always ask how you guys are doing. So... If you're uh, listening to the podcast, you can email me at hanksmith904 at gmail. That would be really cool. And if you're watching the video, just go down into the comments down there in the basement and um, tell us how you're doing. 
And always, I always ask if you're having suicidal thoughts or, you know, just harmful body, harmful thoughts or harming other people. Man, that shit's painful. It's painful. So I just want you to know my heart's out there with you. I've been through it many, many, many times over and there's nothing fun about it and there's no easy way out. I did say easy way out. There is a way out. You just choose to not fucking go that route anymore. You can come here and be with us, talk to us, you know, leave some comments. Or if you're on the podcast, go to the email address, hanksmith904 at gmail. And man, look, just, just, uh, just hit us up. And if you're listening to this podcast on one of the major platforms, um, you know, Apple or, or, Google or um, um, oh man, I lost my brain there for a minute. Um, Spotify, you know, there's a couple other ones, but there's there's a um, a message button down there. Just message me, man. I check those every day. So, but yeah, we want you to know that we're with you, and that is the main number one purpose of this podcast. It's not just entertainment. We want to reach people with spirit. And, you know, I'd like to thank Great Spirit and, uh, you know, offer Great Spirit in. So here we go. Great Spirit, come in and and, uh, help us in this podcast, you know, not just have opinions, but we would like like spiritual guidance. And um, thank you for allowing us to be involved in this in the first place. All right. So here we go. Today's topics is uh, stop blaming others and um, personal responsibility and meditation practices. So the first is uh, stop blaming others, um, taking personal responsibility. I can't say enough that whatever you're going through is your fault. You're in it because you asked for it in some way, shape, or form. Um, You know, there's those people who are going to say, well, what about, you know, people who are being abused or... Um, if, if that's the situation you're in, that's a whole nother world. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I was held captive in a house when I was a young boy and, uh, had some pretty rotten shit done to me. And, you know, I, I I don't even know how to address your pain if you're going through that. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I know how to give you some guru words to, to uh, help you with that. But, you know, the one thing that has helped me was finding other people who have been through similar, something similar, and getting with them and talking. And, and, um, you know, there's no other power, more powerful entity than someone who is like-minded, who's been through what you've been through, and you can sit down and talk it out and and, you know, really work on it and uh, mean it. Mean it in a deep spiritual meaning, not just, you know, um, cry and, and um, you know, have harsh feelings towards anyone who may have harmed you or, or yourself even for, for um, you know, having that done to you and you not knowing what to do with those emotions. And, and the, you know, the facts are the facts. The fact is it happened. But the great news is we can come through this. And, you know, I'm, I'm here. I've, I've been through some really, really, really 
disturbing shit in my life. So I really want to reach out to those people who these things have happened to. And when I say you're not alone, man, I mean, shit, I'm here publicly talking about the stuff that these motherfuckers done to me. And guess what? I'm still seeking a spiritual life, looking for ways to help you seek a spiritual life because we're all healers. Do I call myself a healer? Yes, I'm healing myself. I'm in the process of major, major healing changes. Did I do this alone? No way. First and foremost, again, thank Great Spirit for that. And then there's key people in my life, you know, that have literally put their blood, sweat, and tears onto my spirit to help heal me and help me learn how to heal myself because that's the key. No one's going to put their hands on you and heal you. They can guide you. They And people have some either really cool ways or really fucking strange ways of guiding you to find yourself. Um, you know, I've had a real negative experience happen to me when I went out, out to Arizona. I had a lot of good stuff, mostly all good, except there's one person was just, I don't know if it was a, a sent by the great spirit to really rattle my cage and let me know that damages can still be done to me. As a grown man and with spirit power all around me, things can still affect me in ways where I felt like a victim. And I knew going into that that it was going to be different and strange, but I, I had to see it through, you know. And, and it was a, a spirit healing by a certain person that was just real negative. And... Um, yeah, so I I, uh, I had to learn that lesson, but anyway, not nowhere near what I'm talking about with with physical harm and and um, um, things that like really mess up our mind, you know. But to blame other people for our life um, again, the, those there's there's major shit that's happening to people that that uh, our personal decisions didn't get us there. Some other person's personal decision but you know what that's part of their story they have to live through that even if it's um real nasty and negative and evil and and just shitty 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 people do shitty things to good people and it's majority of people who are really good people have that done to them because they're more open to allowing people into their lives and and you know it's a high probability that you're you're easily manipulated by people who are um, you know, like tricksters, the the coyote, like and 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 it could have very well came from your own coyote, you know, because we talk about the two wolves, you know, which one are you going to feed? And my answer is both. Um, I want to make sure that both wolves remain healthy so they don't try to eat each other. And and you know, we can feed. Even a bad thing, good, good food, good spirit, good, you know, and it's always going to try to get us, but we still got to, got to maintain that because it, it is us. It's who we are. We're, we're, we're cut in half, you know, and I'm, I'm not just talking about the right side, left side brain mechanism, thought processes that happen in, in our, inside of our head. You know, I'm talking about there, there are two worlds that we live in, you know, one is reality and one is fantasy. And fantasy can seem very real, 
you know, and some fantasy drives a lot of people to become something other than what they are at that current moment. But I think the most positive way of, of saying that it's your fault, whatever you're going through is your fault, is that if you had made a different decision a month ago, um, today would be different. And the, what I'm going to say is that I've always had this belief, like in, when I was in, in the, you know, I'm still there, but as working steps and, and being in a, in a fellowship, you know, 12-step fellowship, is I always had to look at, um, okay, let's start from the beginning of this. I had a sponsor one time that told me, he said, hey, man, whatever decisions you make today is going to affect you 30 days from now. And I didn't believe that. I thought that what, what happened today was because of today and Maybe I could see it as tomorrow, but it's a real full moon process, okay? It's the, the moon cycle is where, you know, it's kind of like a seed. Um, you plant a seed, and that seed's not going to do anything in a day, possibly a week. I've seen seeds take a week, two weeks to even open, much less start popping up, you know, in the germination process. You, you know what I'm talking about if you've ever done that. But... 30 days ago, we made a decision, no matter how big or how small, it, it could have been right turn at the stop sign instead of a left. But it created a moment that created the next moment that created the next moment. Let's say you turned right instead of left and you went somewhere and you met someone and they were really cool. And then all of a sudden, you know, 27 days later, they did some real dirty shit and you didn't like or it was just in the get to know your process or you didn't feel comfortable or they did something you really, really thought was cool. And you're like, yeah, uh, it affected you because you made the right turn instead of the left. So you you um, brought that on yourself. A lot of times, you know, people say, what do you mean I'm, I'm being um, abused by some person? And, well, yeah, you, you asked for that relationship to start. I mean, you didn't do anything to not have the relationship. If you had, you wouldn't have been in that position, you know. So you've got to stop blaming others. And I think that's in life in general. Life in general, if we're going to sit back and blame everybody for the shit that happens to us. I mean, we're never going to get anything good out of it because consequences are, are very good lessons. You know, when we, we, we always say, well, this is good or that's bad. I heard at the Sundance, uh, Chief uh, Golden Light Eagle said, there's no bad, there's only good, better, and best. And that really puts a perspective on it a different perspective on how I've seen things. And, you know, I've always said there's, there's good, there's the bad and there's the useful and the unuseful. And, and, um, then I altered my theories about there's just useful and unuseful because something could be good for you. That's not good for me or bad for you. That's not bad for me. Um, you know, we all choose to live our lives in, in the way that we're living it, not, not in the way we live, but the way we're living it. Because if we choose the life or if we live in a life, we've chosen that life. No matter what it is, we've chosen that life, you know, except, you know, there, there's all those exceptions, you know, the little kids or the people who were taken or whatever. But generally speaking, for this today's topic, stop blaming others. It's literally about the majority of the seven and a half billion people I'm talking about, uh, 
have made some decisions that were not good that that that, that turned out to be or un, unuseful not not good or bad but useful or unuseful you know you hear those um stories about people could being taken away to concentration camps or a Vietnam war camps or any military POW camp and then finding a way through it and then they get somehow um released or or um rescued and you hear how their stories like never got broken and and man that's that's mentality that's unbelievable i saw on um one of my really really deep dear friends um one of their social media places they posted about rats um being in a what do you call it a, an experiment where they would put a rat in water and he would swim for one hour and he survived for one hour and they would pull him out, dry him off, give him food, and then really quick like would put him back in the water. And, you know, the story read like, do you think they would last as long or less because they were tired from the one hour they spent? And the results were 60 hours of swim because they felt that they were going to be rescued, that they started dying off after 60 hours because they, they, they think in the... Um, in the exercise that they were doing to these rats, these experiments that they, they thought the rats believed they were going to be saved. So if, um, if a rat could swim an hour and then get saved and then swim 60 hours in the thought of being saved, I feel like it's possible for humans too. So, you know, you got to stop blaming other people. For, and and that, that is, is a harsh thing. It's easy for someone to say, well, if he wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have done this. But, there is a choice you made the day before whoever done that, did that, and that was your choice, and that created your thing. I'm a firm believer that we create our own existence beyond a shadow of a doubt. Hands down, we create our own existence. We're living the life we want to live because we want to live that life, and that's just simple. It's that simple. If you know, you're a very large person and you don't want to be. It's because um, you're not doing what it takes to not be a very large person. It's real simple. I've been through it recently um, where I had to change my entire existence, my timeline, my whole, the way I was living my life. You know, it, it all had to change. It couldn't just be a few things here and there. It had to be major change and the major change and then and another major change so we live our life we definitely live our life to make the choices that make us who we are doing what we're doing when we're doing it and why we're doing it and it all could change just as easy as the way we set ourselves up in it it took a while to get into that you know rhythm of life um we could change our own rhythm of life back you know, not necessarily back to something because obviously it was the way it was. And then we started making decisions to go to the way it is. And then we look back and go, well, that's the way it was. But here's, here's the reality is if you're one of those big people, it's like you got to make major changes to stop. And um, one of the things I've heard uh, Anthony Robbins say was there's no big boned skeletons. Like they're, they're, you know, people say, I'm, I'm big boned. <laughs> and to Tony Robbins is pretty funny. He's like, there's, there's no such thing as a fat skeleton. 
Um, so, yeah, I've, I've uh, seen major, major change in people who have who have done some pretty incredible things with their life and make major changes. Um, you know, when when people get off of drugs or they decide they don't they don't want to live a that um, self-destructive lifestyle. And, you know, I always speak out to the people who are suicidal or, or, um, you know, self-harm and self-mutilation and that kind of stuff. It's just like, man, just fucking go get a tattoo or something. Like, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth the, to go down that road and harm ourselves or, or other people because we're not just harming ourselves. We know we're harming other people. And, you know, you may not care about other people, but they have feelings and they're going through it with you. No matter what, even if they say "fuck you," "I hate you," "get out of my life," "don't ever come back," they're they're dealing with that shit. You can bet your ass, you know. And if you have somebody in your life that that ever meant anything, and it just kind of fell apart and drifted away, man, like just call those people, call them and say, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm really sorry. Life kind of took that turn. And uh, is there anything I did or can make up for, or or you know that I did that?" I am, I'm, I'm unaware of because there's nothing worse than someone walking away from your life for a reason you're unaware of. That That's horrible. That's a, a shitty thing to do. And some people just don't do drama and don't do drama well. And they just it's easier to just walk the fuck away because I've done that a few times and I've had to because, you know, it's it's so much easier to just not deal with someone else's sickness than um, have to go through telling them about their sickness and why you don't want to put up with it and then experiencing more sickness. Like that, that's what happens. You know, if, if we tell someone, hey, here's what you're doing to me, it's a big chance they're going to, you know, and a lot of people are, are good people. They'll say, hey, man, I'm really sorry about that. I, I didn't realize I was doing that. And so, but yeah, it, it could even create a some negative vortex that that uh, is hard to be around this person <clears throat> excuse me and that's one of the reasons people walk away it's that it, 90 times 99 out of 100 times it's not that they don't like you it's that they don't like how they're being treated or they don't like the situation that you put them in and it's just easier to walk away i mean you know there's there's a term called let that shit go and if you just let it go and walk away, the people who are hanging on are the people causing the drama. You know, it's usually the case. That's uh, that's the case. So, you know, when I say stop blaming others, I'm, I'm talking about for everything in your life, the, the way you're living, the you know, the, the job you have, the education you have or do not have, the bills you owe, the the car you drive, the house you live in, your friends, your family, I mean, everything. There, again, you're living two timelines, so one where it's fantasy and one where it's reality, and the reality is just simply the way shit is. And if you can't get to the point where you can come up with a scenario that gives you a direct point of reality, then you're not, you're not you know, looking at the um the reality and the truth of your life if you want to know if you're um telling the truth just say it to yourself in the mirror go to the mirror and say you are doing x and how do you feel about that and and man whew, 
Yeah, prepare for that one. Because you can blame anybody, but go blame them in the mirror. Stand in the mirror and blame your mother. Or stand in the mirror and blame your father or your cousin or your boyfriend or your husband or wife or son or daughter or fuck, whoever it is. Fill in the blank. I blame X. And go do that in the mirror. Do it in the mirror and, you know, try not to be high when you do it. Just be as straight as you can be and go walk to the mirror and, you know, if you need to, if, you know, you're into that, put on some makeup and some nice clothes so you don't have to worry about how you look. But look into the mirror and uh, say what you're doing in your life and blame it on someone else and see how that goes. Because I guarantee you the reaction is not going to be pretty and... But you know you might be one of those people that have absolutely manipulated yourself. You know, your own spirit has been contaminated with the mind and the body's soaking it all in too, you know. So if you are one of those people that blames other people, yeah, it's uh, not, not an easy life to live, you know. Keep doing it, though. Nothing changes if nothing changes. And you know what? Even if someone else did, else did cause you an, an effect, you know, there is the law of cause and effect in the universal laws. And there is a cause and there is the effect and you're either the cause or the effect. But then there's the second loop called the cause and effect that happens from a cause that has been affected. So are you the first loop or the second loop? Or are you going to be the third loop? Now, this is a little, you know, more metaphysical here. It's the, the loops, the looping systems. Because first of all, you got to believe in the first loop. you got to believe that you can even have a cause and effect, and it may be your fault. So there's a cause. Somebody did something, or you did something, and then the effect. You either cussed them out, or they cussed you out, or they walked away, or you walked away. So there's the cause and the effect. And then there's the second loop, where what they did or you did during the effect process, created another cause in their life or your life to create the first part of the second loop. And this shit can go on for years. You know, the old families, the Hatfield and McCoys, where hundreds of people died over a couple hundred years. It just happened. They signed some fucking treaty. And, and, and I don't know the numbers of the years. It's pretty recent, though. Go watch that little... Uh, miniseries called the Hatfields and McCoys and and that's called the loop system of the cause and effect it happens all the time the government does it the government does it um, the cause and effect in your life let's say you're uh, one of those people that's on government assistance that created it, it, it's just a big giant loop system of cause and effect cause and effect cause and effect and it's a loop system that goes over and over and over again the cause, you need assistance because you don't have a lot of money. The effect is you get something from the government. The government responds and creates a cause of just stipulations for you to have to have that. The, the effect is you you feel like you're being controlled and manipulated, so you, know, you lie about something. The government comes back and finds you lied. They cut off your assistance. And the effect is now you're you got nothing. Now there's a cause for you to go back and try to get some other kind of help somewhere else. When if it was just shut down and 
different avenues were created. It's, that happens in relationships. You know, somebody says something or does something and you say something back or do something back and then they retaliate and it creates the loop and then a third loop and then a fourth loop and then a fifth loop. Who knows? Who knows how long these waves go? But you got to look at those people who just, when you say something or do something, you never hear from them again. And what they're doing is they're cutting that loop off. They're, they're killing that, the cause and the effect scenario where you are no longer allowed to participate in it. They just won't call you back. They cut your damn um, contact off. They you know, block you on social media or your phone number or they move out of state and you never see them again. I mean, there's just, they, but what happens is, is that that ring of cause and effect has been canceled. And then and only then can it be looked at as, you know, what your part in it is. I, I, you know, I always say that you got you to gotta look for your part and clean your side of the street. And if you clean your side of the street and somebody comes and throws some trash over there, that is the beginning of cause and effect. Um, yeah, so I just believe that when we can't look at reality and we have to blame other people for things, it's not very good for us. It's poisoning. It's, it's um, mind, body, and spirit poison. And, you, and if you've listened to any of my other episodes, you'll know that I, I speak of the mind, body, and spirit in a trinity format. And I'm not talking about the religious trinity. I mean, it's, it's the same concept. They've just used different words. So in this mind, body, and spirit process, you're, you're suffering because your balance isn't there with the three. And then inside that triangle is your soul. And when, you, when your soul can't activate, you can't activate your soul. Um, you know, your soul's always activating there's always something going on in your soul, but when your soul is trapped and and um, you know you're having a hard time, like that's one of the things that 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 shuts down the ability to see yourself in a reality-based uh, mentality is that your soul is a little a little kiltered and twisted a little bit, and or the mind or the body or the spirit is not in kilter with each other. There's no balance going on, so. I firmly believe that you know, it has to come a point where, and you know what, if you're having a hard time accepting your own responsibility in anything, go ask three or four people. Like, you know, you can't say, look, you probably will if you're one of those people that blames everybody for everything. And the first thing out of your mouth is, you're not going to believe what this fucker did to me. When you really would have to change the tone of the conversation and the words to say, here's what I experienced and this is my part in it. And no one else is going to be able to help you with that until you get to that, the part where you can say, um, th this is my shit. I caused this, I created it, and I'm allowing another person to, you know, negatively or unusefully affect me in ways that I'm not quite sure how I'm going to handle this, you know, so what, what can I do now? I think that's the most useful place to be. Okay, well, let's move on to our next one. It's uh, meditation practices. Now, this is um, a pretty simplistic um, view how I'm going to talk about this. And um, my meditative practices 
in the beginning when I first started meditating, and I'm talking, you know, 20, 26 years ago, I could not quiet my mind for anything, nothing. There was no way to concentrate. I, it was all over the place. It was spaghetti noodles of historic garbage. And one day I was sitting there and I just turned on some death metal, the band Death, Chuck Skolner's band. And I started just, like, I, I remember I, I put on some death metal. It wasn't real loud. It wasn't like, it was, it was just more like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, quietly fucking screaming. But, you know, being a player of that type of music for many years, like, I I learned a long time ago that you don't play death metal if you're not all in. You just don't do it. It's not like a twang, twangity, twang, twang, a little rhythmic feel. No. It's mechanical. It's mind work. It's artistic mind work. And so I had to be focused, really focused. So what I started doing was listening to death metal as I began my my meditation. And I, what I started to realize was I wasn't thinking about a thousand things. I was thinking about that song or what he was saying or what it meant to me or or I would ride the emotions. Because, you know, if you know anything about Chuck Skoldner's death metal, um, it rides. It, it's um, melodic and then, bam, it hits you in the gut and then it's melodic and it hits you. So it takes you on a roller coaster ride. You can't think of other things if you internally um, bring that that song or that musical composition into your spirit to to comprehend what's happening. So I learned that if I was divided in many ways, there was just no hope. I just wasn't going to be able to concentrate enough. Now, the idealism behind meditation is to not have to concentrate, to get to the, the, you know, you know the, the, the oneness of oneself and the oneness of being a unit in the universe of all things to come together as one. But the ideal situation is to get into mindless, thoughtless existence while you're meditating. So one of my ways of getting into that was was listening to death metal. And then I got to the point where, and I don't know how long it was, could have been a week or two weeks or, you know, a month, who knows. It, it was pretty fast. It, well, it didn't take a long time. And I started realizing, man, I'm, I'm really going deep into these songs. I never knew that I could grasp the musical compositions the way I was. And what was happening is I was getting myself into a, you know, sit cross-legged or lay flat or look up. I always found that if I lay down and feel like I'm asleep pretty quick. So um, what was happening is I was focusing on one thing, which instead of, you know, a thousand things, but one that one thing being a, um, a song by a, a very incredible band who, you know, you may not like death metal, you may not listen to it, but if you were to technically take on a spiritual side of death, which Chuck Skoldner sang a lot about the crossover points between life and death, and, and um, he was a very spiritual person. But 
to understand the theories behind the way they did things and why they did them and the way him and and uh, Sean Reinhardt did, you know, composition pieces together. And, and you know, the, all the members of the band had to be phenomenal or you just couldn't be in that band. And there's a really cool story about that. I was, was called by Chuck Skoldner a few times to my mother's house to go join his band because I met him when I was in another band that opened up for death at the... Uh, masquerade and so I was very sought out after at that point to play guitar in in uh, Chuck Skolner's band and it would have been the album Spiritual Healing which kind of was fitting but at that time I was a junkie and I was not very spiritual and there was no healing coming not at that point in time so it was best you know it was just it was missed opportunity because of my addiction and but anyway so as after I got clean I started uh meditating on on that and then a very short period you know it, it got to the point where it started getting in the way of my meditation because i was i was more focused on the mechanical composition than the spiritual side you know it started i started noticing that that i was counting the offbeat rhythms and i was counting the how many times the snare hit in a certain amount of time or how many times a you know, a, a, a rhythm would repeat it. So I just, I mean, I was just getting into the mechanical formats of it and, it and it was completely the opposite of how it started. So I had to abandon that and meditate with, you know, just kind of silence. And I think I went over to a um, Native American flute, believe it or not, and started listening to that. And it, it, then it eventually got to the point where I could literally sit quietly and eventually fade into a point where it wasn't painful because I'm here to tell you my meditation process was painful unless I incorporated something else with it until it became not useful anymore. Um, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier about how some things are just useful and not useful. It's not that it's good or bad. Um, if you're a meditating person, you know how to meditate and you are comfortable doing it and you put in one of Chuck Skolner's songs and you tried to meditate it would probably either scare you or destroy your whole process of meditation but so that would be called unuseful but for me in the beginning it was useful and I had what I had to do is attach something that was um what he called um it, it touched me in a way that had nothing to do with drugs or reality or anything like that. I had to, I had to get, you know, in there and put something familiar. And a lot of people do like ocean waves or white noise or pink noise. Or and for me, I had to do, you know, death noise. It, it, it was fitting, but eventually I got to find the point in time where my meditation process really was, I would go and I'd light some sage and I would sage myself off and sage the room and just kind of remove any um, unuseful um, spirit or, or uh, energy that was in the room. And I would just start meditating. I didn't have to have music or guided meditation or whatever. And You know, there are many places you can go on the on the you channel and, and type in, you know, guided meditations. And man, there's a bunch that pop up and some are really cool. A lot are really cool, but I got to the point where I didn't have to have the guided medication. I feel like that's how it was with the death metal. And in the beginning, it was my guided meditation. And, and um, 
You know, I'm one of those people sitting here right in front of you talking about like you can say fuck and be spiritual. I don't I never understood how, you know, if, if you say a, a word that's not useful for other people, it makes you not spiritual. Somebody told me that when you're not spiritual, you cuss like, oh, what? OK. The other is, uh, you know, the the um, the music I listen to. I, I, I'm a very spiritual person. I know a lot of metalheads that are spiritual people. Um, my wife was one of them. One of her favorite bands is Gojira and um, Pantera. Like, there's a bunch of metal bands. She, she's very spiritual. She also listens to other things too, and that's that's a you know a way that you can um, incorporate a, a meditation into your life, and and eventually it'll change as all things change. You know, this too shall pass. They say you'll. You know, if you're one of them people that like Led Zeppelin or Pink Floyd and you're in it and you, when it comes on, you're in it. You're one of those people that listens to the whole record instead of just a hit song like the 90s created with CDs and digital formats. Like just go and put on a record and listen to the whole thing and meditate through the whole thing. But, yeah, you'll come to the point where, where well, I did. I came to the point. I always try to just, you know, my experience because I don't have your experience. You do. But I came to the point where I needed it to be quiet because I was receiving information. I started receiving this information that, that you know, uh, contrary to what anyone else may believe, but I think the, the cosmic star people or, the, or the, my ancestors or um, Great Spirit was, you know, I asked for information and it started to come. And I don't know if it was in... Um, uh, sound waves or was it in a digital format that my brain was comprehending or was it a, a spiritual existence was moving through me leaving the DNA in my in my body um, I heard the other day that your brain only holds 1% of your memory your brain is your recall memory where it comes up right now or you just recall, recall, recall but the body holds the memory, like all the pain we have and the, the diseases we've carried and the sicknesses we've had and our cut. You know, there's a memory right there like my fingers. I can look all the way across this hand. There's stitches right there. And that's a memory that holds memory. And when I look at it, I immediately go to the story of why that's there. So our whole body is a memory bank. It's an information, energetic energy field that is filled with, you know, chemical water and or um, um, H2O, uh, water, and we breathe in oxygen, give out hydrogen uh, or carbon dioxide. And, you know, I did learn some shit in school, believe it or not. Um, but, you know, when it comes to our meditative practices, we have to empty out the non-useful information that's happening at that time. We have to open up some form of space in us to receive new information, you know, when like a, a disc, if a disc is full, it's done. You can't force any more energy onto that thing. It's done. And I think we think in those human terms. So we have to open ourselves up spiritually to receive this information and anything that's magical or promising or informative things that here's the, the cool part about it. Any of those things that come to us are, are useful either now or 50 years from now. We may not even know. It may not even be our information meant for us. We may get it, mention something about what we 
perceived in that conversation with with some entity, and then they heard it and go, "Oh man, and I really needed to hear that." Because there's things where I'll write stuff and I didn't even know where it came from. I'd never thought that shit in my life. So, one of the practices I started in my meditation was called the push pull meditation. It's where Okay, I'm going to do this and explain it for the podcast, okay? But there's a video happening here, too. I would breathe out and put both hands up and push the energy in front of my face. Just, and then that would be the things I'm giving away, the things I want to go out, go away from me, out of my space, out of my energy field. And was like... So I would push my hands, and then the pull was the exact opposite, the polar opposite, the things I was asking the universe for. And I would pull my hands in to where my ear, nose, and throat chakras around my head and chest area. And I would do it first to my my top chakra, and then my next chakra in line down my face down to my throat and mouth down to my chest down to my stomach down to my you know down at the pot the private little you know bottom chakra and i would i would do the 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 push and the pull in and then i would do however many repetitions of that that i felt like was necessary to clear that space sometimes it was one Sometimes it took 10. I would have to do 10 push-pull and push away negative energy and pull energy in. And one thing I found that when I was pushing, if I pushed straight out, I felt like I was clearing a tube. But if I pushed out and then wide, it like opened up this whole realms. Like, and if I pulled straight in front of my face, I felt like I was like when you're in water, you just put your hands together and pull, you get a little bit of buoyancy. But as I would pull, I would reach as wide as I could and pull my arms all the way in like, and I, what I was doing is creating more velocity in the airspace around me. Now, would it have been the same pushing and pulling right in front of my face, back and forth in front of my organs and my stomach and my growing and, and you know, all the the chakra points or what is was it wide? I will say this. The times I would after it, it got more intense, like I would I would start at my, you know, really close, just and then I would move further out. And as of the further out I got, it felt like it was growing the size of the universe. And I imagined my left hand went out to as far as the universe that way. And my right hand as far as the universe that way and did the whole push-pull that way. And I was retaining so much more energy and so much more information. Now, in, in, in speaking of human information... It's exactly like this podcast or this video where you're listening to it and you're hearing the message or you're seeing the message being spoken with human voice. That's not the only information that we send out and receive back. There's so much more. There's so much more power and spirit in, in things we receive. Again, it's like a a computer chip you stick it in the computer and there's a bunch of files on it well if you never click on them 
you don't know what's in those files. Let's say you get a, a disk that has files and you put it away for 10 years and then you open it and somebody wrote you a bunch of letters or, or information that probably would have been useful 10 years ago, but you didn't get it till now. And you look at it and you go, man, that was the winning lottery numbers. <laughs> okay, that's information that you probably want to tap into. Or just, you know, useful stuff that would make your life easier. How to invest your $50 and now it would be worth millions of dollars like Bitcoin. Um, you know, when Bitcoin first started, I ended up with 250 of them. And I had a friend that wanted to pay his power bill and I sold all of them and gave him the money. It was only a couple hundred bucks. But, you know, 250 Bitcoin now is like, what? Like, what? Okay, okay. so the, here's the thing. If you had given me the file or the information to, hey, man, don't sell that just yet. Like, hang on to it. Like, take some of your cash and go help him with his power bill. Man, how cool would that have been? Just like as far as wealth goes. And, and um, But here's the thing. The law of attraction, you know, sent that stuff my way in a, some kind of business trade or something. So the law of attraction, it, it came to me and the law of oneness would have held that there and I would have just forgot about it. And then who knows what would have happened. But the point is I helped someone and, and uh, it cost me dearly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, technically it did if you look back on it. 250 Bitcoin, at, you know, 40 grand or whatever they're worth. Hell, they were worth. 60 something thousand i mean you do the math it's an ungodly amount of money but it, it just wasn't you know information i needed to obtain but if you get that disc and that information's on there and you don't open it it, do it doesn't necessarily mean the information's not there you haven't tapped into the information and on a computer file it's simple you just put the mouse over there and you click it and it opens well as a spirit file or some kind of file system that decodes in your DNA and your body, it comes in ways of how you talk to people. It comes in ways of how you interact with people and, and how you can calm people down sometimes. You know, that might be... A, okay, I, I was in the auto parts store the other day and a gentleman was standing there and his arms were folded and I could tell he was just horse racing, pissed off at the world. And I stood back for a minute and I thought, man, that guy, I don't even know if I want to even look at that guy. But anyway, I looked over at him. I said, man, I can't believe they left you standing here this long, all mad. <laughs> and he just looked at me kind of weird. And he goes, well, hell, I ain't really that mad. I said, oh, okay. But, and then um, he said, yeah, I'm waiting on a part for my truck out there. And I said, is that your truck with the boat on it? And he said, yep. So we started talking about the boat and the fishing place. Before, within two minutes, he's telling me of his favorite fishing hole down on the Swanee River. You go past this little marker. You go under that tree. You tuck into that little dip and you anchor and you throw your line down. But don't ever tell anybody about that spot. That's my favorite spot. Okay, I'm a stranger. He didn't know me from Adam, but he told me about his very favorite fishing spot that he had been hitting for 10 years. All because he was very angry at the world and i received information that day or yesterday or the a month ago or 20 years ago that i'm to speak up to this guy because he needs to uplift his spirit and you know what immediately after we stopped talking they said hey man like we got your stuff over and he went over there happy as he can be man happy as he can be and i heard him overheard him talking about how 
the part was ordered. It was wrong that it had, you know, come and he tried to put it on. It wouldn't put on. They tried. They wouldn't take it back. So he had to buy enough. That's what he was mad about. Is he had to buy the part again or something. I don't know. But anyway, that they gave him his money back standing over there when that part fit. And he, and he said, hey, man, you know, I've got really issues with this. Y'all they won't give me my money back online because it's an electrical part. The dude behind the counter looked at it and says, well, it's never been used. I'll just box it back up and put it back on the shelf. Boom, problem solved. And you know what? If he'd have went up there mad, that probably wouldn't have happened. So information we receive in in meditation is not only for us. It's um, it's powerful. Information coming from the spirit world is so powerful. And you know what? You don't even have to believe in it. And I say this all the time. You know, the, the fellowship I go to, they told me in the very beginning – you know, I said, hey, I don't, I'm, what if I don't believe in any of this stuff? They said, well, you don't have to, or no, I was like, well, how, how, how am I going to know this works? How do I know it works? They said, you don't have to know how it works. You just know that it works. And I think that's the way, you know, information comes to us from the spirit world in meditation. And you know what? It may not even come from the spirit world. It might just be in the very room we're in. It might be the energy around us. It's been waiting to consume us. It might have been just following us for 50 years like a trail of smoke behind a car. And then all of a sudden we stop long enough and offer that information away in and we get it, you know. But I also believe there's bad information, too, that we can receive. So we have to be careful and stay spiritually centered. If we stay spiritually centered, sage the room, sage, you know, say I come in a good way. And that means anything coming in a bad way has no business there, and they can't come in if you don't allow them to come in. It's like a vampire. You see the vampire at the door saying, you know, can you invite me in? And if you say, no way, buddy, and they, they can't come in. But if you say, uh, come on in, then everything, there it is. Stop blaming yourself. Everything's your fault. You invited the vampire in. Even though the vampire was the vampire, and uh, vampires, vampires can bite you. He's going to bite you unless he wants a lot of shit done by you and he, with the promise of biting you. But here's the thing, man. Meditative, bleh, bleh, bleh. Meditative practices are not easy in the beginning. And it feels, for, for me, got to say again, my story, my timeline. When I first started, I felt stupid. I literally felt like, what in the fuck am I trying to call some spirit in? You know, luckily, I grew up hearing a lot about, you know, American Indian spirit and the the ways of the, the, you know, the way they lived and they lived a spiritual life and they never took anything of ownership unless it was something a personal person gave them as a gift that they made with their own hands or something like that. So I was a little more open minded to know that there was some information out there that that was useful to me. And, you know, I had a few overdoses when I was using. And I've seen some really fucked up shit during those things. And I, you know, I say it was messed up, but I don't I don't think it was. You know, the more spiritual I became, it was just a, a peek into the into the spirit world. It was a peek into another existence, another um, not a timeline, because I believe a time time itself is something humans do. Um Unless you're looking at the oneness of the universe and the collective togetherness of what what time it is, you know, because the sun came up and it's going to go over to the middle and then it's going to set in the afternoon. So in that aspect, there there is a time. There's a time limit every day which gets sunlight. But there's also a time limit where you get nighttime. And 
just like the seasons, you know, the the uh, the uh, east, south, the west, and the north, and they're all they're they're all seasons around, or they're the mind, the body, the spirit, and the soul, or they're the um, you know you could just start picking things, the uh, you know put something in those places that that have you know the the um, infancy, the adolescence, the um, adulthood, and the um, the grandfather, grandmother, the uh, elderly. So those those are the four seasons also of life, the life's four seasons. Um, I believe that meditative practices are powerful. If you want power in your life, go into meditative states, ask the universe for things, and become one with it. And you'll probably gain some really, really, really powerful information by doing that. Um, you know, going out and kicking down doors, I mean, that's one way, but it doesn't magically set in place the exact spot it's supposed to be. So when the information's needed by you or somebody else, it can be picked up from that file folder that we talked about earlier. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of scrambled shit, you know, like when, when a lot of times I wake up and I'm just, I'm scrambled, like, and I'll go meditate and I'm scrambled and I'll you know, sit and listen to music and I'm scrambled and then I'll go to sleep and I wake up and I'm okay. Like it's just something that needed to pass. It has its four seasons, you know, morning, um, you know, midday, afternoon, night. It had to go through its process. And sometimes I wake up and it's there again and I have to go through it again, you know, and maybe it's days. But, you know, I just I just know that meditative practices work. And there's all kinds of meditation practices. This is, again, just what I've found that works for me. And I'm pretty sure you could listen to a hundred podcasts about, you know, um, meditation practices and things that work for other people. And you're going to hear, you know, possibly a hundred different things. So, all right, guys, this is from the gut podcast. My name is Hank Smith. This is episode number uh, number 15. Again, I'd like to thank the great spirit for allowing us to have this day and to come together on this episode and talk a little bit about some really cool spiritual things. And if some of the things I've said just kind of irk you or piss you off, I mean, go to the mirror and tell yourself that, that they pissed you off and, and maybe that'll be exposed why it it makes you mad, you know, because I honestly, I promise you, I come in a good way. I don't really ever try to hurt anyone's feelings on purpose to just hurt your feelings. I mean, sometimes you need your cage rattled. Um, I did. I, need, I needed my cage rattled a lot in my life. I was one of those people that you couldn't just say to me, hey, Hank. Maybe you don't want to do that. No, I had to do it and then do it again, then do it again. Then somebody had to grab me and shake me like a fucking rag doll and and then, you know, punch me in the gut a couple times and say, hey, man, that, that wasn't cool. You got to, you know, here's the deal. Or it just was a season that needed to be lived out, you know, that timeline. But if if there's something I said that helped you, like, let's let's talk about it. Let's like, give other people that information. Like, talk, go down in the basement in the comments and talk about it or... Or email us at the, the podcast at hanksmith904 at gmail.com. You know, again, this is uh, from the Gut Podcast, episode number 15. If you're suicidal in any way or self-harm, self-mutilation, or you want to hurt someone else, please don't do that. Contact us, please. I beg you. It's just not worth it. <laughs>